birthday to everybody. Um, men, good luck tomorrow. Um, <laughs> hopefully the mercy and grace of God will continue all through the day and that you'll make it through in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, let's, uh, let's try this. If we, if we broke every one of us down, we would find out just how different every one of us really are. We could take even this very holiday... Some people plot against it. Some can't wait for it. Um, but the bottom line is that we're so different, each one of us individually. Would anybody disagree with that? I can prove it. I can prove it to you. Ashton, what is your favorite flower? Tulips. Okay. Lana, what is your favorite flower? Not tulips, right? Okay. Tierra, what's your favorite flower? A rose. Sister Vicky, what is your favorite flower? Daisies. White roses. Very good. Yes, very good. Sister Marker, what is your favorite flower? Roses and carnations. Very good. So some like similar ones, but we're all different, right? We could go, we could have all the guys, we could pick what's our favorite truck or vehicle or, you know, our favorite fishing spot or different things. Every one of us would have different answers because we're all, we're all our own people. Choose our own ways. But when we come in here, when we come into the house of God, we put all that aside. It doesn't matter what your favorite this or favorite that is. The bottom line is that once we have developed a relationship with God, it's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. There is nothing else. You dedicate your babies because you want them to understand the importance of Jesus because you dedicate yourself to your own children. So it's all about Jesus. So no matter what, we come into this place and we can put everything aside and just focus on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Luke 14, 26 through 33. Um, this, is some, this is some really, really good stuff. You'll see that Jesus is, is speaking. And uh, Brother Robertson told me I had to go for an hour, and I can't. So uh, he will fire me after this is over, and you can hear somebody else from now on. But I, I can't. It's, only, it's 1030. It's not going to happen. So hopefully Eldar has something. He'll be ready after this is over, and uh, we'll just we'll keep going. I'll just stand up here and we'll try something else. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, some of us, we've got there that we got our mom and dad and our, our wives and kids and our brothers and sisters. Well, it's easy to hate them sometimes, but it's hard to hate ourselves. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, for which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. This is, we're, I'm going to come back to this. Hold on to that, Sister Davis. All right, a disciple. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is being a disciple. You may be seated. Um, what would be a definition of, of a disciple? Sister Evans, what's the definition of a disciple? Very good. This definition is one who attaches him or herself to a leader. Very, 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 very easy. Either, either you are already a leader or you're trying to get there. So one way or another, you're going to have to follow somebody else until you, until you can become whatever it is that you're trying to become. But 
there's certain things that it's going to be uh, that make your job easier. For example, if you don't listen very well or you don't have the ability to learn very well, it's going to be very difficult for you to get to where you need to be, to where you could lead others and teach others, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, absolutely. To, to be able to teach, you have to be taught. Now, one thing that's so great about serving God is that you have to break yourself down. You have to humble yourself and try to live this to the best of your ability. And through that, it's a lot easier for God to do what He wants to do with you. The Greek word breaks it down. Uh, disciple, I can't say that word, so I'm not going to try appears more than 200 times in various forms in the New Testament in a range of different meetings. Uh, one is learner, follower, pupil, and just simply disciple. Jesus addresses this idea of discipleship in various ways. He said to those Jews who believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So once, once you're committed to this, it's not something that we just do on Sundays and Wednesdays. Amen? It's, it's continually. It's every single day of our lives. This is, this is it. This is absolutely, you've got to live it here. You've got to live it out there. You've got to live it in front of your kids. You've got to live it at work. It's every single day. And if you can continue every day, then you are his disciple. Certain quantity, qualities characterize those who are disciples of Jesus Christ. Man, I don't know why, but Brother Arvis just makes me nervous. It's a lot easier last Sunday. When his foot was hurting and he couldn't be here to get me off my... Ugh. Anyway, Jesus said very simply, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So first of all, we have to do this every day. And second of all, you have to allow other people to see that you love one for another. Which, one, isn't so bad. Doing this every day, that, that's kind of a sacrifice, but... Showing true love to your brothers and your sisters, it, it doesn't, it's not always easy because we are different and we see things differently. We handle situations differently. Sometimes that creates conflict. And what better person to have conflict with than your family? Amen? Who would rather fight with their family than anybody else? Amen. There's nothing better than getting into a big fist fight with your brother or your sister. It's just, there's just something about it that's more special than anything or anybody else. Then once you get married, it, you can take it to a whole nother level. Because then you're, you're with them all the time. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I don't think that come out the way I uh, had it in my mind. <sighs> but uh, I, What I'm saying is I'd rather fight with my wife than my, my, my brothers. That's all I'm saying. Because with my brothers, it gets physical and it's just mental... Anyway, it's just emotionally, anyway, it's all right. See, you guys all ate breakfast and everybody's going to sleep. I'm trying to make you laugh at my expense. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> anyway, I don't, even, I'm, I don't even know what to do now. All right, so it's every day. It's, it's, it's something that, that we got to do every single day. It's, it's not something that, that is just half-hearted. It's just a, it's a true commitment to God. It's something that, that is, um, Brother Robertson said it so well Sunday night, that, um, go back to Luke fourteen twenty six for me, Sister Davis. Um, it, it's still there. Thank you. See, you already knew what I wanted you to do. Jesus said to hate 
your mom, your dad, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters. And then if we, uh, if we look at other scriptures, Jesus did nothing but, but contradict this scripture if you take it as it's written. Does that make sense? We have to love our enemies, right? You have to honor your father and mother. He just broke every commandment that he gave Moses if we took this literally. Obviously, Jesus isn't saying to hate anybody. He's wanting you to understand. Brother Robertson did it so well Sunday night. For us to have revival, what, what, what are we supposed to do? We, he said to go home, draw a circle around yourself, and ask God to allow the revival to start inside the circle. Right? Jesus is saying the exact same thing in a different way. He's saying to, if, if this is really what you want, if, this, if Jesus is really the lifestyle that you're wanting to possess, to go home, draw a circle around yourself, and tell God to start inside the circle. Does that make sense? To the point, more than just saying it, to the point to where even your own mom, your own dad, your own family would feel like you dislike them because of your love for Him. Because it's so much greater and there's such a passion in you that's, that's beyond anything else that you can understand that it would almost seem to everybody around you that you didn't even like them because your, your commitment to God would be so great. Does that make sense? That's where most of this church is. That's why I like it here. Because there's a lot of people, not just the laity, but there's a lot of people that have done exactly that. They said, this is what I want. And they've drawn a circle around themselves and said, this is where it's going to start. And then they've just allowed it to continue. And not only that, but then they come into the service and you can see it. It's not just words. It's, it, there's actions behind it. And that's what makes this so special. Life as an apostolic can be very difficult a lot of times because you have to do things that not everybody else has to do. You can't be lazy. This is an everyday thing. You have to pray. You have to fast. Not just up here. The church does too. It's constant. It's continuous. So you miss out on things. And there's no room for any laziness. So there's just a, a solid, just constant Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And there are times that you get frustrated or burn out. But the ultimate thing is if you can stop for a minute and look at what God has done for you since you've committed. Think of all the things that God has done for you. I was talking to Brother Davis uh, last Sunday. He, he was showing me pictures of his new grandbaby. Perfectly healthy baby. And it's, it, it, there's, there's so many other things and options that could have happened for his grandbaby. Do you see, do you see Just little bitty things that we take for granted. That there's just constant blessings and, and admir, admiration that, that God is putting back on our church. Hallelujah. There, it's just, it's so, the sacrifice, yes, can be very, very overwhelming sometimes. But let me, let me share some fun facts with you. For many first century believers, martyrdom was a reality. If we have a global awareness, we can see the little has changed since the early days. In their book titled, By Their Blood, Christian Martyrs of the 20th Century, James and Marty Hefley report that more people were martyred for their faith during the 20th century than any previous century that they could count. David Barrett, editor of World Christian Encyclopedia, estimates that more than 160,000 people died for Jesus last year. So it's, it's still going on, the, the, the consistent sacrifice and giving of yourself, and ultimately the ultimate sacrifice of giving your own life for this gospel. It's just it's continuing on, on, and on, and on. John 15, 18 through 21, if you can get me that. If we are identified by Jesus, then people are going to respond to us like they did Jesus. It's, it's not going to change century after century. 
Um, if the world hate you, ye know that I, it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. So it's just, it's not going to ever stop. You're going to constantly come in conflict with this present world. But luckily, one day it will be worth it all. I promise. If you'll just, just stick with it, keep, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Keep sacrificing and giving of yourself. And the bottom line is that there is no greater reward than the persecution that comes with this commitment. Because you know at the end of the day, I, every time we go somewhere, and I know most of you know uh, if my wife or my daughter are with me um, and their hair's down, there's, there are, yes, there are those who uh, are kind of in awe at it, but there's definitely those who scoff and you, you, uh, you just have to deal with it. It's just it's part of it. It's just it's part, part of this. And it's just, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's nice. Because when, you, when, you're, when you're going home and you know that you're going to, one night uh, this week, you're going to go listen to some more truth. You know that it's nice when people do scoff at you and have their uh, little comments and situations. It's, it's just, it's going to constantly happen. And they're going to always hate us. So, with that being said, uh, take up your cross. In his discussion about the degree of commitment requires his disciples, Jesus continued, and whatsoever doeth not, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. And I think the bottom line is that every one of us want to be his disciples. Uh, um, I'm not talking about getting a cute little WWJD bracelet and going and, and standing in a circle and humming with people. I mean, I'm talking apostolic disciples of Jesus Christ. There's a difference. There's a difference. Let me, let me ask you this. What separates apostolics from someone who signs the card and is convinced that Jesus only looks on the inside. What's the difference? Salvation. Yeah, absolutely. Salvation. There, there's, there, it just, there's, there is no sacrifice. You, you come and go. You have fun. You, you have little get-togethers. I got a lot of people that I work with that that's, they're Christians and it's, they're, you don't even have any idea of what a Christian really is, you know, because somebody has convinced you that it's okay because Jesus only looks on the inside. Um, they have an amazing way of breaking down one or two scriptures or five or six scriptures and, and have no idea what it's like to, to really dive into the Bible and find out what true discipleship or true living for God really even is. So you're stuck with that too. So not only do you have to deal with the persecutions and different things of this life, but then you've got all kinds of other people that dictate every decision or belief that you have. And it's just, it's constant, it's continuous. That's why he said to study to show thyself approved. Why? Because if not, you're going to get eaten alive out there. You're going to lose, you're going to look stupid. And, and that's not the idea. If you're apostolic, you should know who you are and what you are and, and stand on it with everything that you have inside of you. One thing that is, is for certain is that I try to allow my children to have fun in different activities. My boy, he loves football. Uh, he loves the Patriots as well as his dad. But there's, there's more to it than that. I want him to understand that as passionate as you are about that, you have to be as passionate about God. That you, there, and if you can't separate it, I'm going to take it away from you. Does that make sense? I, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to have fun because life is hard. But at the same time, if you'll fall in love with God and your passion and, and who you are is driven by Jesus, then you're going to find happiness. You're going to find hope. Paul said, if I had hope in this life only, he'd be of all men most miserable. Why? 
Because he understood what it was like to have hope without God, and then he understood what it was like to have hope with God. And there is a huge, huge difference in the costs. Um, uh, continuing with Jesus, carrying your cross, um, counting the cost. Sometimes it's easy for us to do the first few steps in discipleship, but then when you start counting and, and realizing what you're giving up and what you're losing, that's when a lot of us uh, stop. That's when, okay, uh, we've gotten to this level, this is, this is okay. Um, I don't want to go any further because any further that I go, it's going to start costing me, and I don't want to do that. Um, and ultimately, we need to realize that no matter what the cost would be, he's still worth it. If God stopped today giving you anything and blessing you, He's still worthy of your praises and your worship until the day that you die. It, it's, it's, never, it's never ending. His mercy and His grace has, has done so much for you already that even if it stopped today and you walked out without any mercy or grace from God, the rest of your life you would still, you would still owe God all of your praises, all of your worship, all of your prayer until the day that you died, even without any mercy or grace. Sometimes we question, is this worth the commitment and the sacrifice? Absolutely it is. Absolutely. Because one day it will be worth it all. Uh, and, and the more that you study and the more that you look through this, the more that you'll see that it will, it will be worth it all. But sometimes counting the cost is a lot greater than, than what, we, what we anticipate. In his continuing description of the decisions his followers must make, Jesus indicated that we must count the cost before forsaking all to be his disciples. His words of wisdom were, were, were deep and uh, were un, unrecognizable by anybody else. Uh, you know what makes God so great? That I couldn't find anywhere where Jesus went to school to be a, a rabbi or a master or teacher or anything. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. But in Scripture, over and over and over, he's referred to as master, as teacher, as rabbi. That When you think about what it takes for you to do what you're doing and what schooling that it takes for you to do, if you don't do certain things, you can't do that job, right? If you don't go to school or you don't get to this point um, in, in education, you can't do this job or that job. Does that make sense? Jesus comes onto the scene and has none of that and is better at his job than anybody else has ever been. That's, that's how great God is. Without any, anybody helping him or showing him how to do this, he come and lived it perfectly and did it without any, any mistakes or any regrets. Hallelujah. That's, that's who my Jesus is. If you can do all of this, if you can do these things, if you can do this every day, if you can show love one to another, if you can allow yourself to be drawn out and draw a circle around yourself and allow Satan to draw a target on your back, if you can do all of these things, you are going to become so transparent. Everybody's going to see you for who you are. And that's what's so awesome about Jesus is that the more that you are like that, the more that he will make a way of escape in situations. The more that you are transparent, the more that you push yourself to be what God has chosen for you and for your church, the more that, it, the more that you have to rely on Him. So the more you put yourself in situations to where your faith has to grow because you don't have any other options. Because you've, you've, you've taken yourself not only away from um, your family and the people that you love and you care about, but you put yourself in a situation to where uh, without your faith, in your relationship with God, you would fail, if that, if that makes any sense. Because it's easy to come into here and to, uh, to allow the music to do what it does and to worship 
It's easy for our pastor or any of these men to come up here and, and just, just preach their guts out and for you to respond. It's, that's easy. It's easy for me to come in here and to and just enjoy the prayer. It's home. It's comfortable. But it's something different to walk out of these doors w- without anybody and just, just do this. It, it's, it's different. And because of my relationship with God and because I'm trying to be transparent, that creates a level of faith in God because I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't have anybody else that I can lean on or I can trust. So therefore, God has you right where He wants you to be. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad that, that I'm surrounded by people behind me and in front of me who have made themselves transparent because it's inspiring. It really is to see a lot of, I'm not going to pick on anybody or anybody's age, but there are pillars in our church that are much older than me that have done this for years and years and years and have never faltered, have never, have never backed down or moved away or given the world a reason to say, nah, I don't know about them. Do you see what I mean? Hallelujah. What's so great about, um, about this is, um, is it doesn't never have to stop. Um, as human beings, things get old, you know what I mean? You can only play a certain video game for so long and it gets old. You can only do a certain thing for so long and it gets old. You can only drive a car for so long and then it gets old and then you understand. But with this, it never, ever gets old. It, it just, there, there's something about coming in here every service. Or what's, what's even better is, is when you don't have the, the, the ability to come here. When you get a phone call and you've got to go somewhere, you... Uh, somebody's in the hospital or, or whatever the case may be and you don't get to come here and you can still feel what you feel in here somewhere else. It just it never gets old to see, uh, to see the signs and the wonders and the miracles and I think it's only going to get better. Um, I agree with Brother Hill. He said that the revival's already here. We're just starting to really start tapping into it. Uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, if, if he did, if he would separate his ability for revival, he would be a respecter of persons, and God is no respecter of persons. So however much you want, you get. Whatever you're willing to put into it, you'll get back. And that goes for all of us, um, individually and as a church. But if you look at, at um, go back to, to draw on the circle, because for some reason that stuck in my mind. It was something easy that I could explain to my kids. Um, pulling yourself away, drawing a circle around yourself, and saying, God, let it start inside the circle. Um, uh, God really, he kind of showed this to me that if, if enough of us do that, then God is able to draw a circle around our church. Um, and then as other churches are doing this, and other churches are being circles drawn around them, then God can circle that whole area. And, and, then, and then that area will get big. You see what I mean? It's just, it's just a snowball effect if, if enough of us would just, just do that. If we could stop and just, God, let it start right here. Let it, let it start in me. And then allow, allow that to grow. Because not too long after being a disciple, you're going to become an apostle. And I, I don't mean a part of the fivefold ministry or what my pastor, I would consider him as my apostle, but a, a messenger of this. You're only going to sit in here so long and learn so much before uh, you're going to feel it inside of you to take this outside and to share it with as many people as you can to give this away. Because as you walk through life, and you look at people and you realize that without me, they're going to be lost. And I don't mean that arrogantly, but you know what I mean. There's certain people that you deal with that you know with that, without you that they don't have any hope. That it's, 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 they're gone without you. 
And, and I think that what's, what defines an apostolic is someone that can do something with that. It's easy to, to keep your head down and, and just uh, meander through life. But it's different to, to stand up for what you believe in. It's totally different to, to take this personally and to take it out into the highways and the byways and to, to share it with people. I've, I have two of my really good friends that I've, I used to work with. I've tried and I've, I've done everything. Uh, I've, we've done Bible studies and I, I just, uh, just, it drives me crazy because I, I want them to be saved so bad. And I, it, at the same time, it's... There are uh, there are situations and circumstances that get in the way, obviously. So only God can keep that from getting to a point of frustration to where you quit. Do you see what I mean? Otherwise, your flesh is going to get burned out and you're going to have to move on. But there's something inside of you that says, no, if I quit, then they're not going to make it. If I quit, they're lost without my help. And it's not that you're the only one in the whole world that can save them. But what if you was? What if without... Without Sister Anderson, that that circle of people that you deal with on a daily they don't have. There's no hope. It's brother Daniel. That without without you, it's it's useless. They're gone. What was so great about God was His ability to to touch everybody that He came in contact with. It was never just just the Jews or just just the men. Or, or not the children suffer the little children to come into me. It was everybody that he come in contact with. He had the ability to stop doing what he was doing. And, and then it got to a point to where people started pushing themselves toward him. The woman with the issue of blood pushed through the crowd to just touch Jesus. And people are going to start doing that with you. You've probably already seen it happen. And the, the more that you give of yourself, you'll see that people start coming to you. And then it, then it goes to a whole nother level. Then you're really starting to become apostolic. When you can say that I didn't even have to go to them, that they come to me, that, that's when you know that you're transparent. That's when you know that this is, this is right, that this is who you are. Is because it's, it's not about you going and, and I'm not taking out. We have to go out. I understand. We do. But it's, it's something special when you're out. And you're not with, I'm, I don't mean Brother Robertson took all the men and we all went out. I mean with you by yourself or you with your family. No, no other spiritual authority but, but you and people come to you. You see, that, there's nothing like that in all the world. And that goes back to, to the persecution because one minute you're going to have somebody making fun of, of how you are, who you are. And then the next minute somebody's going to want what you have. And they're going to realize that what you have is, is special. But regardless, revival's coming. It's here, and, and we're, we're a part of it. it it's going to happen. And I, I, hope, I hope that everybody's here tonight because tonight is just, it's going to be outstanding. And it, it's not because Brother Barrow's going it, to, it has nothing to do with him. It, it, he is a part of it. I'm not degrading him. But what God's trying to do, we're ready for. Does, does that make sense? Uh, and I, I know. And, and I know a lot of you guys, uh, all the all the seasoned veterans, if you will, you you understand this. You understand how to how to how to live for God. You understand that it's it's every day. It's sacrifice. It's counting the cost. It's going beyond uh, your means. Brother Hill did a great job of giving. It, it, it is. It's you can't outgive God. It, it's impossible. 
And the more that you understand that and the more that you give of yourself, not just in your money, but in your time and your, and your efforts, then, then God will bless you. And I'm going to tell on myself real quick. Um, I talked to Brother Graves. There was a, uh, um, one of the dimmers was bad in there. I didn't even say nothing to anybody. I just, I looked at it. I, we went to Lowe's. I got it and I put it in. Didn't, didn't say, I didn't, I didn't even keep the receipt. Nothing, nothing, no big deal. It was, it was not an issue. I told Brother Graves I sw- switched it. And then the very next day, I was blessed. Do you, do you see what I mean? And, and all of you, you guys, have, you know what I mean. It, it, there's something about just giving of what you're able to do. that It, it comes full circle every time. There's something about uh, <laughs> the transparency. It's, it's uh, I, I, yeah, nah, uh, uh, In yourself, your job, what you do every day. Um, I don't know if very many of you guys get told thank you or good job. Um, in construction, usually doesn't happen. Uh, you just you do your job, and it, it, that, that's how it is. Um, but when, when you're doing this for Jesus and you're doing your job as an apostolic, it's, there's constant blessings. It, it, that, there's constantly, God's constantly saying, thank you for doing your job. Does that make sense? It's not like any other workplace, Brother Williams. Um, uh, whether you're in, in the military or uh, it does, it does, in, any, in any field, it doesn't matter what you, whether you're in a hospital or something, you're going to constantly be taken advantage of. If, if, if that comes up, you know, I got some, yes, I've been taking it. Yes, you just, that's just part of it. You will not be taken advantage of if you live for Jesus. You, you won't. It's impossible. It's, it, it, can't, it can't happen. If you get taken advantage of as an apostolic, God has went against His Word. He, he, would, he would have to, to start over because He would be wrong. And He's not wrong. Uh, he's never been wrong. He never will be wrong. And He will bless you. There are times when situations and circumstances happen in our lives that we don't understand. Um, there are, are things that happen that you wish didn't happen, and they did. And there's, there's no, uh, no rhyme or reason. And for some reason, God's not taking care of that. There's probably a reason why. He's probably trying to get you to where he can get your attention. Um, I know a lot of men who don't have jobs right now. There's no better way to get a hold of a man than take his job from him. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> there, it's something about um, uh, not being able to provide that will drive him insane. Um, and in that, God is able to, to break him down and to explain things to him in ways that he couldn't uh, in, in, any other, in any other sense. So sometimes, I'm not going to tell you that it's all a bed of roses living for Jesus, because it's not. But there are times when you need blessings and you get them, and there's times that you go through things, and there's a reason why you're going through them. And I'm not saying that, that you should be, you know, pushed out and that God should just rain his vengeance on you. But what I'm saying is that if there's a certain place that God is wanting you to be, he will get you there if you'll let him. Uh, there's, there's, um, there is a level of pride in all of us that sometimes God has to, to grind out. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but that we all have our, our, our issues, and sometimes God has to shake us of those issues. And uh, I... I, I 
I want you to know that God's doing that to me. He's really, <laughs> he's just re, uh, reshaping how, I'm, uh, how I view things. Um, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. While I was here uh, as a youth pastor, I said things I should not have said. I treated young people in, in an unfair manner. Um, I, I've done. I've had to come back and, and go to people. I'm sorry. I, I, I was wrong. Um, but there are times when uh, there's been a few people come to me and have said, listen, I've held something against you. You said something that was out of line. Or you acted in a way that I felt uh, an apostolic young man shouldn't, shouldn't be. In other words, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to hurt people's feelings. But I... <laughs> Um, I, it's more than just, uh, it's more than just what you know to be, uh, I can't even, um, uh, it's, yes, it's so much more than just meat or drink, but it's, it's knowing uh, uh, to how how to do better. It's knowing what I what I want to do with everything inside of me, and only doing a a portion of that, and it being okay. Because a lot of times, especially men of God, you know where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do, but you can do a percentage of that and still get praise from people. I can still do stuff half-heartedly, and to some people, that man, that's awesome. And in my heart, I know, I know that I cut God short. I, I did less than what I'm capable of doing. And as a husband and as a father, that, that's something that should not happen as an apostolic. You should give everything all the time. But it's hard to say that because I've not done that. But at the same time, I know in my heart that that's what I'm supposed to do. That it's, 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 and it's easy to get caught up in... People telling you that you're doing a good job or that, that where you're going is good. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times my wife is very good at what she does. But there are. There's constantly people, man, you did, you did really good. And then i got to help her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just want to make sure everybody's still listening. But it's easy to get caught up in that and to, and to not be doing stuff half-heartedly. It's, it's staying at it all the time with everything that you have in you. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of a group of people that a lot of us do that. That there's consistent, there's constant um, giving and, and pushing. Um, sometimes not everybody knows um, who people really are. You, you really don't have an opportunity to, to get to know people like uh, all, all of the deacons in the church. Brother, Brother Davis, he doesn't, he's not just the drummer here. You know, you see what I mean? Sometimes we don't, we don't really even understand the sacrifice that some people have given, if that makes sense. Um, the music, uh, the, the, just, I do that because I'm, I'm involved, I'm in it, I'm not in it, but I'm a part of it, let's say that. I drop my wife off here at 2 o'clock every Sunday afternoon, and, you know, she doesn't leave till 8 o'clock. Or eight, you know, you see what I mean? There, there's a sacrifice that has to be made whether you want to or not. And if you know what your job's to do, you just, you just do it. You just do it. Brother Browning, how long have you been here? All, 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 your, all your life. You see, you see what I mean? 
it's it's not something that you just you we just do on the weekends. This is this is this is our life. This is everything that I have, and it, it's it goes beyond all any of this. It, it goes beyond um, just being a disciple. It's 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 more than that. It's it's a lifestyle. It's not just a doctrine. It's not just just words. This is this is who I am. This is everything that I have, and to to pass it on not just to uh, not just to my kids, but to to pass it on with with this group of people is very very special. Um, everybody has we have our own ways of looking at things. We have our own agendas sometimes. But at the bottom, the bottom line at the end of the day that this uh, this group of people is very very special. Um, and I think a lot of times uh, it goes without notice. Um, but sometimes there are times when uh, you just need to know that. You're appreciated as a group of people, not just as the young marriage director or, you know, as a department head or as a deacon, but as an apostolic person who attends McCormick's Creek, you're appreciated because what you do is is vital and not just for you, but to your family, to, to everybody that you come in contact with. And there are times when it'd be so easy to just walk away and quit. And I've seen people in here that have went through hell and have not, you wouldn't even know it unless you knew the story. And they come in here and they worship when the music's going. They, they back the man of God no matter how pathetic or worth, worthless he is. And, and you, just, you just do. You're, I was talking about myself. I was not talking about any of these guys. See, man, I was trying to be sincere and, and <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. God, I only say Thanksgiving because I I don't like I hate Christmas. Hallelujah. Uh, let us reflect. Hallelujah. Uh, we've talked about Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, being a dis. <laughs> I don't. I have to write this stuff down. I'll get it to you. Uh, this is. See, this is how service should be. Right, right in the middle of. of Pure sincerity, it just breaks out into an all-out joke. Hallelujah. Um, I, uh, I asked, uh, actually this morning, I looked this up this morning because I really didn't, um, we were listening to a song and I didn't understand, um, actually I didn't, under, I didn't know the meaning of sovereign. Does anybody know the meaning of sovereign, or, or a sovereign God? Um, anybody give me a definition? Nobody? Close. Anybody, just guess. Give me a guess. Some smart, well-educated. The only one. That's close. Very good. Pastor, what is it? What is sovereign? You don't, yeah, you do. He's trying to, now he's trying to make me feel better. He, does, he has no idea what I'm going to say. So now I'm going to just give him this awesome revelation and everything's going to be great. Um, uh, the definition I got was um, a supreme, per- permanent uh, uh, leader. Um, yes, it's, uh, just a supreme. Uh, uh, it's just something that's beyond what anybody else is. And we serve an absolutely sovereign, sovereign God um, who can who can uh, turn situations around and, and do uh, do amazing things for each one of us individually, as families, as a church. 
Um, and I, I've seen some, some great things. Uh, my, my good friend Jake, um, his dad uh, suffered a stroke. And uh, deep down inside, he wanted God to just, to just go and just, just heal him. You know, and he did. I, I know that he did. I, knew, I know his heart. He, he believed that, that God was just going just to just, just take him back to the way he was. And I, Sister Evans talked to him you know, uh, way before me, and then I just confirmed some things that she had said. And I, I told him, I, Jake, there, there are some things where God just he has to do great miracles. He, he does. That's just how it's going to work out. And other times, he's got to get our attention. And uh, it's nice to see him getting our attention. It's nice to see God still doing the things that He's doing and, and working in the ways that He's working. And, and I think that the way God's doing it is, is right. Um, amen. Does anybody disagree with the way God's doing things? Absolutely not. And I wasn't agreeing. I was just... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was showing us an example of... Um, but um, And I think He's shaking... I think he's shaking Jake and Chi as well. Um, but he, he's doing everything for a reason. Everything in your life, I know we can easily um, look at situations and say, this isn't, this isn't God's will, this can't be the way God's wanting you to do. And then months or years later, you find out that that was exactly where God wanted you. And that was exactly the path that God, God had for you. And at the time, it didn't seem fair, it didn't seem right. And it would have been real easy for you to quit. But now looking back, um, I was talking to Brother McNew um, not to give away his age, but uh, he said that uh, where he's at now, things are not, the things that are important to him now weren't nearly as important to him when he was 20 and 25. Um, God, living for God is the same way. The closer that you get to God, the more that you're able to pull yourself away and draw a circle around yourself and say, this is, this is what I want. Things, you're, the way that you look at things, um, things that are important, decisions that you make will change. And there are times when... Uh, I'll go a little further. I've made you laugh, and now I might make you mad. Um, there are things that Brother Robertson has said. Um, this isn't necessarily right. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't go here. I wouldn't be a part of this. That if you would stop and you would fast and pray about it, you would probably agree with him. And I'm not saying that you disagree with everything he says, but there are certain rules that he doesn't get up here and, and, and shove down your throat that I agree with. And I only agree with it because I got on my face and I wanted to find out if that was really something that I really needed to consider and then come to find out it would have a very strong hold on my wife and my kids. So absolutely, that was, was something that, that I needed to, to do. And I, I, I would strongly urge you to challenge every time someone comes up here to do the same, um, to, to challenge their thoughts, challenge what, uh, where they read, what they read, how they read it. That's our job is to know this, know this better than anybody else does, uh, to, to put it in your heart that you might not sin against God. And what's really cool is if you um, are doing Bible quizzing or you got your kid doing the memory verses as mom and dad, you'll learn those scriptures too because you have to say them over and over and over again. But regardless, this is something that is, uh, that is very important to me and it's, it's beyond uh, a, a lot of this. Um, I love uh, wherever we get this, Brother Robertson. I don't even know what this is. The Word of Fame. Word of Fame. I'm going to make my own. Word of Fame. Word of Flame. But there are times when those words can't say really what's going on. There are times when 
Brother Davis, we've talked, there's sometimes that the book just isn't going to cover, cover what we need to cover. And there are times when uh, we just have to stop and say, you know what, this is, this is what we need to do. This is where we need to go, and this is how we're going to get there. Um, revival's here. We're going to have it. It's going to be a part of us. And I hope that all of us get on board and, and we'll just all do it together. Amen? Um, I'm closing. I can't, I can't, Pastor. I want to. I have 20 more minutes. I can't. You got it? You can take it? Okay, you can preach. See, he can do it. He'll, he'll save you guys. He'll, I'm not sure he'll be as funny as I am, but he'll, he'll definitely, he'll definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely save us. Um, uh, to be transparent, um, it, the Bible says that, it, that they will know us by our fruits. And I, I challenge every one of us to, to uh, uh, let's, let's, let's do, let's do this. Um, I, I, there's nothing worse than a lukewarm apostolic. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's not okay. You know what I'm, um, Jesus said, this scripture, I'm going to put it all over my house. Luke 9:62. Can you get that for me? This is, uh. This is probably my favorite scripture of all time, outside of the oneness ones. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you're either in this or you're not. You're either going to do this with everything you have or, or don't do it at all. Um, and I certainly don't want to waste your time. You see what I mean? I don't want to waste God's time. So put your hands on the plow and, and just do this with everything that you have in you. Amen? No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I want to be fit. I want to be in this. I want, to, I want who I am to fit into the scheme of what God is trying to do. Amen? I want my family to, to fit into this. I want our ushers to fit into I want. I want our sound people to fit in. You see what I mean? It's, it's all of us. I want every family. I want the children's department. I, I, I want the youth. I want the young Marys. Every one of us, I want us to be able to fit into what God is trying to do in these final moments of time. Does anybody agree that we're about out of time? Does anybody think we have 20 years or more? Stand and, and proclaim your, your prophecy. Hallelujah. Who thinks we have 10 years? I don't know if this is an abomination or not. I'm just, we're winging it. Who thinks we have 10 years left? I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying, find it in the Bible and show me. Who thinks we'll be here for 10 more years? Honestly. Five. Who thinks that we're going to make it five more years? Okay, so we, we somewhat roughly agree we'll be here between five and ten years. That's not very long. We are, we are out of time. How fast does five or ten years go? Very, very, very fast. I guess it depends on what you're doing. If you're being tortured, it's probably going to take a while. But if you're living for Jesus, I, it, it goes so quick. Um, the bottom line, we're running out of time, um, not this morning, but we're running out of time with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, save me. Uh, but no. Um, I do want us to do something real quick. Uh, uh, just this, uh, this spirit of unity has just been on my mind and on my heart. Um, I just, I, I want us to all, if you'll stand with me. Um, I want us to pray just uh, for that, that spirit of unity 
uh, throughout the day tonight. Um, uh, there, there are great things coming, and I think that if we plug ourselves in as, as a church, not just, just individually, but if we'll do this together, um, I, think, I think that we're going to see some, some really, really, really amazing things. Um, and I just, I ask that, that you, uh, I want God's will to be done tonight. Amen? I just, I want Him to do what, what He has set out for us to do. Um, but I, I want us to do it in unity. So if you will, just for just a few minutes, uh, just pray for you. Pray for your family. Pray for the unity to be here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Right now, I ask Jesus that you'll move in us, God. Move in Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. What is it? You love one for another. By this. By this will know it. When love begins to grow, dissension problems your life begins to turn around. The Bible also says that we can't understand the love of God. You know, the Bible speaks of love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love one another as I have loved you. The first commandment, the greatest commandment is loving God. The second is likened unto the first, loving one another. And we can't understand love outside of God's Spirit. Without the Spirit of God, we can't understand it because the Bible says the Holy Ghost sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. So we can't understand it outside of that. But when we become a unified group of people and we begin to love one another the way that we should love one another, the Holy Ghost will begin to fall. Revival will begin. And it's already begun, but it'll, it, it will get more intense as we, as we continue. I, um, you all know that I enjoy firearms and hunting and all that. And uh, a... One of the military guns that they have, I was thinking of this while he was talking in, in this, one of the military guns that they have is called a minigun, and it fires 3,000 rounds a minute, and it looks like a Gatling gun. Uh, it's actually made on the order of an old western Gatling gun. But it fires with an electric motor, and constantly bullets are going out so fast you can't even imagine it. And he made a statement a little earlier concerning people that, you know, if we love people, we want to see our families and friends saved. And sometimes we do get discouraged because we know what we have. We've experienced this. We know what the Holy Ghost does, and we know how that there's an energy that's released in you through the Spirit of God that just makes you want everybody to have this because you know this is what's going to change this body one day and allow it to be transfigured, trans translated, if you would, into heaven. But sometimes it just you get so you, you get so intense, and it just seems like people are not grasping, and you're doing all you can. But I, I thought about this this weapon. You know, there's you've got a sniper rifle out there too. You know, one shot placed in the right position that takes care of business. But this minigun, it just puts a lot of things out there. A lot of bullets are going out there. And oftentimes, in order to reach the person that you are trying to reach, you have to put a lot out there. God operates differently than we operate. He wants us to preach the gospel to every creature. And sometimes we can focus so much on one that we're forgetting the hundreds and thousands that are out there that we're missing. 
I have found it to be the case that when, and I want everybody to be saved, but I, I do so much with one person, then I'll turn and walk away from that person and go to somebody else. And when God speaks to my heart, I'll go back to the original one. But in the process, I've put 3,000 more bullets out there, if you would. And God says, well, he's doing what I ask him to do. I'll take care of this other business. That family member will be reached. That friend, that loved one will be reached. Our problem is we focus sometimes too much in one area. That's the good old human way. You know, we're out of balance most of the time. We focus on one thing and we get so far out of balance that we're, we're thumping along the road. I heard it said one time that uh, our human life in this world is nothing more than an emergency on the way to eternity. And that's really right. It's this emergency along the road on the way to eternity. We're just an emergency. And sometimes we make it that way. If we could live and flow in the Spirit of God, we could find out things could be so much better. Just doing it the Bible way. I heard it said on a on a particular denomination I don't agree with, but I will not say who they were. I always listen to one of those and read the paper and do things I shouldn't, you know. But um, I mean, he made a statement this morning. I really liked it. And he was speaking of Cornelius, and he said this. He said, what saved Cornelius? And actually, 11th chapter, I think it's around verse 17 of Acts, tells you what saved Cornelius. It says it this way. What saved Cornelius? You know, the first thing, well, Cornelius prayed. We say prayer saved him. Holy Ghost saved him. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Word saved him. The 11th chapter says the words of Peter saved him. But in order for words to save you, you have to be obedient. Listen and be obedient to those words. Yes, the Holy Ghost and prayer added to it, but it was the words that Peter preached. He would have known how to be saved had he not listened to those words. And so words are a vital thing. And we, uh, if we're making disciples, if we're trying to get out there and do things, then we have got to speak the words of life. And we've got to speak it to everybody. Not just focus on a few, but everybody. That's what makes all the difference in the world. Come early tonight to pray. Let's raise our hands toward heaven. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, your goodness, your mercy. I pray blessings upon each and every individual. Strengthen them, be with them, touch them, encourage them. God, I ask now that your angel will be, will be in charge of each and every one, bearing them up lest they dash their foot against a stone. I ask it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shake some people you don't know's hands. Go to people you don't know. Don't go to your friends. All right.